0: This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Well, welcome, everybody, to Podcast of Rare Antipodes. I am Jeff. I'm Harry how's it All going right. i'm good man i'm good uh yeah tonight we're gonna review episode two of star trek picard
0: yeah yeah i can't wait to get into this uh <laughs> yeah yeah let's, so... uh, let's do it we're on a time crunch we're we promised to keep these sh- uh very short and sweet so yeah let's so the, roll. Uh,
1: the episode uh title uh, maps and legends so yeah so what did you what did you think of this episode
0: Honestly, I think it was a bit of a step back from episode one. Yeah, I just saw, I think some of the writing I, I wasn't really that impressed with. But I mean, it's still also steady, setting the stage for you know future episodes. So you you have to give some episodes a chance to do that. The worry is also with some story story points here that I'm a little worried it's going to get a bit convoluted and cliche in some areas. I don't know if you want me to get into any details. I'm just going to follow your lead. So,
1: yeah. Well, and how about you? Uh, what do you think? Well, no, I, I think I kind of agree with you that it was a bit of a step back. It just there's a lot of there's a lot of plot, and you know, there's only ten episodes, you know, and, and we're still kind of getting going. You know, it reminds me of the Mandalorian, where you know, like main cast members in the Mandalorian didn't show up until like three, four, or five episodes in, you know, so. This feels like this is walking down the same path, you know, and, and maybe it all works. Like it all comes together. Like, I, I don't know if you watched Watchman uh, Watchmen this year on, on HBO. No, it's, not yet. Unfortunately. Yeah. So similar sort of setup where it's like the, it seems like it takes forever to get going. And then around like episode four or five, you realize that all of these threads are all interconnected and then everything just like, and then it's perfect. So you know, maybe it'll be a situation more like that, which would be great. But let's let's talk about some of the the specifics here. So the episode uh, opens, uh, and we get a glimpse of the tragedy that set off the events that uh, you know the show is going to start to explore, which is the uh, attack on uh, the Utopia Planitia yards in on Mars there by rogue synths. So this was um, this was interesting. I didn't expect to see how how or expect to see it break down like this because you kind of expected this the synthetics to have like rose rise up and rebel and and everything and it looks like like they're activated or something right by some outside force yeah this is yeah this
0: is not a glitch obviously this hmm, is some yeah. Plan, some third sure. third party you know romulan plot or other plot or whatever it may be or starfleet plot for all we know i mean I don't know. I think this show is also setting the tone for what, who the villains are going to be, and it's Mm going to be a whole bunch of shades of gray, and that's what they're going to be going for, and everyone's going to be tangled in that spider web, and Card's going to have to climb out of it, I guess, right? It's going to be like Simpson, help me, help Uh, me, uh, and then he slaps uh, the spider as he walks away, runs, flies away. So, but yeah, I love the beginning though. I thought this uh, flashback was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, you already feel for. The synths there—they're, um, you know, another strange thing to see in a optimistic or at least once optimistic Star Trek show. We've got some—I don't know if you could classify it as xenophobia, but you have some prejudice here against for these people who feel there's a mix feelings in that room. These people—the synths are being used as the slaves, so you know, one could argue, well, you know, go, you know, you know, fight the power, go synths, but. You know, you also have the other side where it's like, you know, why are people so against, you know, androids and synthetics that deep in the future? However, these people also are not Starfleet, so they probably don't have the moral ground um, or thought process to kind of be more accepting. So who knows? But I just found that curious, and that extends more into the other scenes that we get into Starfleet there. So that's at least what I think. How about you? Yeah, it
1: makes it easier to, like, see them get laser beam, too, when they're all kind of dicks, but... And that of was sweet. Like, that was awesome. that was great. Yeah, it was good act. That was a good scene. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll I guess we'll find out. Hopefully, they'll explore this a little bit more. Uh, because unless, like, if the synthetics are sentient beings, then sure you feel for them. But other otherwise, they you know what I mean. They're just computers that with a face. Like it. It doesn't. You can't mistreat or have have. Uh, you know, can't be bigoted against
0: something that isn't an actual living creature right well it's just jeff a
1: computer
0: so. well yeah but would you feel any different if this was a bunch of you know drapery personnel These <laughs> the synthetics you know they're in a drapery business and talking about you know you can't have this pattern in the baby's room and <laughs> that'd be
1: fine that'd be fine but he did look <laughs> he looked like data though right like they use the same uh contact lenses, lenses. and skin tone so i thought that was hands those I've
0: hands. never seen those hands move so fast. <laughs> so fast.
1: Um, that was actually, because they did move like Data. So that was. Uh... Yes, I,
0: I will say uh, one thing, though. There was obvious bad CGI. There were two shots of his hand moving. One was, like, you could see his, like, forearms completely cropped off. At the bottom of the screen, I rewound, uh, rewound that scene. Oh. And it was bad CGI. Piss, poor Because oh, yeah. I remember the scenes with Data doing it, and, you know, and they kind of make it go fast. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's practical. It's all real. It's Brett Spiner doing all the movements and they speed it up. So yeah, right. I, I wish they kind of did something like that instead. I think they shortcut it here. It's some bad CGI. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> so I didn't notice. Yeah, no, I didn't notice, but fair enough. So,
1: yeah. So I, yeah, I think I agree that that was my favorite part of the episode as well. Um, but, you know, well, I guess we'll see. I, and then we kind of transition to what my least favorite part of the episode where So Picard is, Starting to do his Dixon Hill situation here with his two
0: Romulan housekeepers. This was harsh carnage, buddy.
1: Yeah. What? So we're to believe that these two uh, Romulans who uh, pick grapes and pour tea for Jean-Luc Picard are former Tal Shiar operatives? Is that?
0: Yeah, I'm assuming that's the case. It's nice and convenient. You would wonder that. You would. You would also wonder that. You know, Picard. You know, maybe there's some other deserving. Romulan refugees that you could house uh, instead of you know well, Tal Shiar, maybe, former Tal Shiar agents here. So maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe they, maybe he's had a
1: whole a whole slew of uh, Romulans picking grapes and for him making wine on his vineyard. Well, these are the only two Romulans we see. Maybe there's lots more, or maybe there well, could be like a immigration cap on Romulans on Earth because of the you know the xenophobia that towards Romulans.
0: Well, I'm just also wondering if you're going to get some, you know, Romulan ale, Chateau Picard blend. That would be kind of interesting. That would be really gross. <laughs> <laughs> really gross. You're That's not like drinking that. that. You're not drinking that for the taste. You want to get Whoa. buzzed fast. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, I think I could just drink straight moonshine, and that might that might be better. Uh, the the I like these two characters like his house like I like them they're
0: both good actors they do good in these in these roles. But- the guy's useless. The girl the the woman I like. But these scenes where she's just all of a sudden as you said Dixing Dixon Hilling it in a you know a snap of a finger convenient tech um, yeah all of the these kind of things. Tech. This was oh man this was bad and then they this is the writing where it's like oh well there must be a clue within a false clue yeah Oof. oh man that was i was cringing at that moment i sat up and i was doing the, kind of yeah they need to
1: break this down a little bit better like they need to work out a better
0: way to do this Uh, uh, because it it is
1: just not good it's not did she
0: say no and did she say cheeky fuckers she did (laughs) okay
1: i was all right right. i was all right with that i mean it's a little bit you know they start dropping f-bombs in star trek discovery did it a couple times too and yeah, you get another one here too, but yeah, I, I'm yeah, not sure. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. it fits, man. I, I'm. It doesn't still getting it's you not great. It doesn't fit all that well, but at the same time, I mean, it is a very different era for television a very different type of show than than what we're used to on Star Trek. So, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'm gonna reserve judgment on that kind of stuff. I don't love it yet, but yeah we'll, well we'll we'll reserve judgment. We don't need to spend too much time on that that mm-hmm. one line, so but we
0: agree the, this Dixon Hill stuff the detective stuff was terrible.
1: yeah, it didn't work. I <laughs> think they could uh, they're gonna do and, some
0: detective stuff. they could do a better job with it and but. and I want to also point out they're actually the writing here to me, and I'm surprised if Patrick Stewart is you know an executive producer here. I'm assuming he's supervising or has you know power to change some of the dialogue here. He's a, he's sitting here, he's saying, well, you know, there's this Vosh group now, you know, like I guess they're Section 31 of the Romulan Empire mm-hmm. that they're introducing here. Again, is it really required? You got the Tal Shiar established already. Good enough. But anyways, be that as it may, he's saying, oh, this Vash, is this really what they do? I mean, you would already think that their warnings of this super secret agency that is above and beyond the Tal Shiar would be scrubbing and cleaning all the clues Picard seems surprised. And, you know, he says out that crappy dialogue and I'm just like, really, Picard would not be saying these things. He's already he should be, he should be a couple of yeah. steps ahead, you know, at this point, he I should don't be, think you that, know, absorbing just, this stuff. I disagree with, he you. You should be
1: a couple of steps ahead because he's been out of the game for a long time and he is old. And as we establish in the next scene, uh, with his, uh, well, preser- presumably is his old uh, medical officer from the Stargazer, uh, that that old uh, parietal lobe defect is rearing its ugly head. Uh, that- what is
0: it, the immunotic syndrome or something? Ar- aromotic, the- aromotic, aromotic
1: syndrome. syndrome. Right, okay. right. So they don't actually say that, but it was the defect in the parietal lobe from all good things that, that led to that. So this is a direct reference to that. So
0: so he's, I like that. I, I, yeah. I like that. Um, I, Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about this guy. No, I, I actually, I mean, we've never really seen, like Picard had a
1: whole, like he's, he had a whole career on the Stargazer before he took over the Enterprise, right? And we've never really met anybody from the Stargazer before, you know, I mean, Jack Crusher and in, in sort of a, as a hologram. But that's really it. So it's kind of neat to bring, you know, an old friend from a previous time around. I thought that was pretty cool. I
0: I thought it was cool. The unfortunate thing here is, I don't know if these guys, the chemistry on screen, how they interacted with each other. It didn't feel like the dialogue kind of felt like you really want to go back out in the cold. That's an informal kind of talking you would expect. But a lot of this, their chemistry didn't feel like these people knew each other than before these scenes. And I I was kind of disappointed in that. I was hoping a bit more from Patrick Stewart there. I was hoping he'd sell that relationship a bit more. I know he's kind of sidetracked and thinking about you know what's happening with you know the synthetic situation and potentially Data's daughter and all of these things. And he's got to get out. And but I just felt and he was cutting him short with their conversation. I just felt that these scenes should have shown a bit more warmth and you know you know you get a more feeling that they have a backstory. and and some relationship together. Another thing, too, is I was hoping at this point they would name drop Beverly at this point. You don't have to say, because you'd you'd say, did you run this? You could have said, did you run this by Beverly? It doesn't mean that he has a a relationship, they got married or anything like that that was hinted at in the show. But just he should know that if they're that close and they're seeing each other all the time, you'd think Beverly would be involved with at least Picard's medical history here. Maybe she's dead. Maybe. (laughs) Okay. But I thought it would you know be. Know I mean? yeah, like they can't, they they can't name
1: drop. You know what I mean? They can't name drop everybody, right? A, no, they right can't. Away but, so but I think this would have been
0: a good way of doing it without involving the character.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that I, I, I only in hindsight could you be determined to be correct here, and also not that it matters all that much. Like, she's not in this series, so you know what I mean. Like, we got to do. We don't need to go and check a bunch of boxes either, right? Like, they just need to. They, they need to do different things. They don't, they have 43 minutes. So if they're name dropping, that, that takes up precious dialogue time, I think. So, mm-hmm. and it also makes us wonder what, what's happened. Like, I think we'll learn what happened to a good number of the crew along the way here. And they're just going to, like, they're going to meet it out slowly. And I think that's probably the best way to do it. We don't want it all. So, anyway, so he, we can see that he wants to be certified to, uh, be reinstated in Starfleet, which is the point of the visit. So he's basically going to lie and say, "Yep, you're in." And then he goes to Starfleet Command there. Uh, so that's the first time we get to see a bunch of Starfleet officers, really. Uh, the,
0: I loved his. New... I love the entrance, though. What'd you think of that? Yeah, like with, yeah, that with the great. music and and everything. You know, you know, yeah, you got the member berries great. going there. You know, so it was good. That was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah,
1: the uh, the transporter pad or Ga- yeah, portal gate. There was uh, the yeah. gate transporter gate. That was that's a new. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. I was wondering how that worked, but it was kind of neat. Keeps things moving, sort of kinetic. I like when they do little little uh, things like that to keep sort of static shots kinetic. It gives it a more cinematic feel. I mean, it's just a small thing, but he comes in and sees the hologram of the uh, the original Enterprise and uh, the Enterprise D in Starfleet. There, that was pretty pretty. That was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he meets up with the uh, the admiral there, um, who's none too happy to to see Picard. <laughs> That's because he went off on Starfleet on uh, interstellar um, news uh,
0: yep. know, the other day. So, and they so, they they point out that they have a history of, you know, they don't yeah. see eye to eye. So, right,
1: yeah. So this is uh, where we understand that there is very likely a secret Romulan plot, datas or some form of datas out there, and he wants to go chasing after Bruce Maddox. This is our second death bomb of the night, mm-hmm. where she says sheer fucking hubris to him. Which is kind of right, though, right? Where he comes in, and the yeah. only the only uh, amount of humility he shows is like, okay, if you need to demote me to captain, I'm okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and also that you know, expanding on that, when he checked in at the front desk, he was waiting for just to get the pass. Like, don't you know yeah, who I am? The pass. Yeah. Well, he's also kind yeah. of feeling like you know, I'm I'm Picard, asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I have exactly, to tell you my yeah. name. So. He was, was kind scary. of shocked that he had to say who he was. So I think that's kind yep. of an interesting approach yep. to what we're seeing with, with Picard here. He's got a bit of a you know, chip on his shoulder, a bit of that ego and hubris. And you know she's right. The only thing here is, I, again, I, I'm not really sure I buy the F-bombs here. Getting a bit too much for me. But I don't blame the Admiral all that much. But the only thing here is these scenes are now more at an expense of Starfleet. And how the viewer mm-hmm. is going to view Starfleet. Now I know you also have to, from a story perspective, he's obviously, we know from the previews, he's going out and at the end of this episode, he's going to be forming his own little crew, hiring a ship and mm-hmm. going, you know, going off and all that stuff. So he has to try to go to Starfleet. They forget him, they say nope, reject him, and then he goes, does his own thing. So you have to do these kind of steps. It's just the ne- the pure negative view that the audience is now interpreting of what Starfleet represents, who these people are. Like all the admirals we've seen in Star Trek before in every show, they've all been douchebags. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I kind of wish this was Admiral Necheyev By uh, Oh, that right. would be great. Yeah. yeah, like why not just be a Necheyev? That would have been awesome.
1: Yeah, maybe she's uh, not around anymore. You know, like she wasn't exactly
0: super-duper young 30 years mm, ago, so. Uh, no, no. But you're right. But anyways, but I, I I don't know. What do you think about that? I think that's something... Again, I think we briefly talked about it. You don't have to get into too much length here, but do you feel that they're going down a road of just painting Starfleet too negatively here? Well, that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? Like, that's it why is. he left.
1: So, why wouldn't we? Right. But why wouldn't they be doing that? Because that's the point. So, they, he needs to be at odds. Like, we need to believe that a man like him would have actually resigned. And the only way he would have done that is Starfleet was so far gone that there was nothing he could do about it and couldn't be a part of it anymore. So, it like that's the that's the premise of the show. So in order for me to believe that, then they need to really throw Starfleet. They need to throw Starfleet under the bus for narrative reasons here, but there's but that also gives the uh greater the greater the opportunity for redemption down the road. Let's hope so. Yes. So that's that's
0: the because if they were painted positively here, then why did he leave? Yes. I agree. Narratively speaking, we need to show that, but I don't know. I just I just feel uneasy seeing Starfleet so you know mean and you know mean spirited and all of this you know. So I don't know if it should be said. There's yeah. a line you gotta you know. It's... Where's that line you're gonna cross where you can't come back? So
1: I guess I guess and like you say, I mean the admirals have always been have always been douches. And we're usually on a ship, and the ship that like that's where the good the good people are, right? And we haven't seen that part of Starfleet yet, the the front lines. So there might be opportunity for for that to to turn around. But at at any rate, uh, he gets sent packing. It's not going to happen. And then we get our first shot of the uh, the Commodore Commodore O, I think is uh, her name, the Vulcan who is presumably I think in charge of Starfleet security. because She's got. She wears the security gold,
0: right? Yeah, Three you can. Four. We right. can assume that that's it. Could be anything, but yeah, let's roll with that. All right, Okay. So she's. Oh, hold on we uh,
1: we didn't we didn't talk about the the Borg the Borg stuff yet, right? So back on the Borg Borg cube. So uh, who's the sister Soji So-ji. Right. Soji Soji Yeah right and the Romulan oh, What's the Romulan guy's name uh, Narek? Narek, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so Narek's hooking up with the android sister Soji, uh, and we learn a little bit more about the Borg cube here. So, it looks like so they have a derelict Borg cube that's separated from the Collective, and they're like slowly like peeling technology out of there. And I got the impression that they are they're taking drones and like re. Like they're disconnecting them and reintegrating them because you see a few Borg.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, you see them working. Working, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and yeah. I'm going to assume you're right, and I'm going to assume that potentially they have no free will, so essentially they're uh-huh. making them into slaves. That's what I, which thought, is my guess. My that's that's my immediate guess here. Like mm-hmm. they're reclaiming the tech that uh, right. on the Borg uh, into drones and the individuals, and mm-hmm. then they're not really freeing them. They're turning them into slaves. They're not part of a collective. They're just now going to be slaves, and that kind of lines up with the the android synthetic thematic point there. And then this will probably bring Seven of Nine into the picture, and she'll probably Mm. be pissed. This is how I'm assuming it's going to play out. You got Hugh and Seven of Nine who are free of the collective, I'm assuming, at least from Hugh's perspective at least, as well. So they will be some faction They'll get mixed in here and may want to try and free the board. I'm assuming this is where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So here's a little detail
1: that I wonder if it's going to play into this at all or if it was just, a, a I don't know, if an Easter egg. So the, you see that sign? This facility has gone 5,840 yeah. <laughs> days without an assimilation. That's great. That, that, laughed. that was, that was great. I laughed when that, I saw that. That shot was in the trailer. Um, oh, okay. I for, did for see the that. Show. Yeah, br- very briefly but uh, it was great but uh, I mean I did the math and that's approximately 16 years. Mhm. So that that Romulan reclamation project has been on underway since before the attack on Mars or You
0: would assume so yes.
1: Around, yeah, so I don't know I just thought that was it. like they've been on they've been doing this for a long long time. After I I don't know when the Romulan so right around – so that would have been right around the time of the destruction of Romulus, I think, right? Because that was about – that happened close, before yeah, the attack on ours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah, close enough. Anyway, I don't know.
0: I just thought it was an interesting little detail there. So well, – What do you think? Do you think this is where it's going? Well – That we they're going to draw parallels between the synthetic issue, their slaves, orgs are slaves, you know – it's. A... It's all know.
1: gonna tie it's all gonna tie in together somehow. I do believe that there's a very large red herring here so far. And I believe that red herring is Bruce Maddox. I don't think Maddox has anything to do with anything that's happening here. Uh I don't yeah, I don't either. I, I, I I'm assuming he's dead. Herring. I'm yeah, assuming he's dead. he's dead. Yeah. Which yeah. means that something else is going on with Soji and uh Dodge and data like something else is going on here that's what i think and that it'll play into this Borgs. obviously it'll play into this borg romulan situation
0: but who's in charge here is this now the romulans because obviously commodore o and that other security officer officer is who knows Narek now who's obviously they're both romulans right i'm assuming commander o is a romulan I'm disguised as a vulcan that is so
1: that is my that was my assumption and then the, the lieutenant yes, um, is surgically altered. Right. But she's Neric's sister. Yeah. So she's surgically, yeah, so she's surgically altered surgically, as the Romulan. Yeah. yeah. Right. Narek's yeah, sister. Was, right. So they're part of uh, Romulan infiltration efforts
0: into Starfleet for whatever. some reason. For some yeah. reason. Some nefarious purpose. Some nefarious obviously. purpose because, because Romulan. <laughs> yeah. Because Romulan. They lost all the Romulan
1: ale. They're pissed. Maybe so, they're uh maybe they're romulan androids, who knows who knows so so yeah, that kinda uh okay, and then and then uh, the the episode ends where uh, so Picard's been rebuffed by Starfleet, and uh so now he wants to, but he this is where he makes the decision he's gonna go anywhere, this is the start of that he goes and seeks out uh Rafi uh, we we don't Raffi. we don't know who this person is yet, but this is. I mean we we'll won't get ahead of ourselves. We'll we'll find more, more about her, but she's none too happy to see Picard, maybe a little bit much to turn him away at gunpoint, but
0: um, you know. Well, I'm uh, interested I, in that story, but I mean yeah, what yeah. Would, you know, what does what would Jean Luc Picard be doing to, you know, be thrown off the porch there just like that, right? At yeah, gunpoint. Yeah. But I love the wine. That was that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, brings the wine. <laughs> brings
1: the wine, smart guy. So yeah. she looks like she's going to be a lot of fun. Actually, I'm I'm looking forward to learning more about her. And she is one of the main she is one of the principals on the show. So it's nice. Yeah. to...
0: Uh, and just just shout guys. out to anyone who's listening here. I don't know Dale Adu, welcome. <laughs> so yeah, well welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> and that's a wrap. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, no they yeah she looks like she's going to be great. And yeah, I'm looking forward to what's going on there. Uh, lo- uh location with a lot of Star Trek history there at Vasquez Rocks in California.
0: Oh, so, was that where they did Generations? That wasn't where they did no. Generations,
1: but they did shoot. So start. So oh, the vault, like the exterior Vulcan shots in Star Trek, JJ's Star Trek uh, took place there. Uh, the Gorn fight from the original series uh, has been up there. A bunch of episodes have been up there. They even parodied it in the uh, the uh, Futurama episode where they had all the Star Trek cast. They they uh, used that backdrop, so that's a uh, often used exterior for for Trek shows.
0: Hmm. Well, no, I think That's that, fascinating. That no, I, yeah. no, I did. Well, I was paying attention to the characters, so I was trying to get a feel of who she is, and I enjoyed that scene. But no, I didn't recognize the location. But no, that's that's great details. I'm glad that they went back. To some Trek history there, so yeah. So 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 what did you think now? Like just to round this out, like this this episode here, we've kind of covered more of the plot. Just what's your feeling? You know, you mentioned. I think we both agreed that there's a bit of a step back. Mm -hmm. So
1: yeah, I, I mean, I was. I mean, first and foremost, like I was entertained, and it's still again, like I'm still, I got that those warm feelings of be of seeing Patrick Stewart as Picard again. Like that that goes a long way for me. Um as an episode of television again, I was entertained, but I just wish they would i don't know they got a, I want them to get going you know I want them to get going, but I understand there's a lot to cover so it just feels like the season's gonna be over before it barely begins you know that's that's kind of, I guess that's kind of my worry but
0: no i I hear you um I agree i I also you know, I agree with you and I don't agree with you on the sense that, you know, I'm a little worried on how Picard's being written here. I like that the spirit of his character is there. He wants to do the right thing. Uh, and they talk about, it, like, he has all of his cognitive sense, you know. You know, he's fit as a fiddle except for the parietal lobe issues he's got going there. So I, I just worry about the writing at this point. And I, and I just really hope that he is able to I, – I don't need to see him captain anything but I do want him to kind of be the uh, you know you don't want to dispute him as as the leader that what's going on here so mm-hmm. that that's that's just my more of my concern just way the way the writing is being done here but I mean it, it there's room to improve on so I think that's good so
1: yeah you, you need to you need to be able to move up bro. so yeah. yeah so that's uh, I guess that's uh, episode 2 um of uh, Star Trek Picard so well, yeah, we'll we'll be getting into episode three in a couple days here. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm still really looking forward to where the show's going.
0: Yeah, and even if it tanks, we still have to cover at least all of season one, episode oh, by episode. That's absolutely that's the promise we got going. Yeah,
1: that no, we're doing it and we're doing it promptly. All right, so I guess uh, we'll. That's an episode, I guess. That's yeah. It. So so thanks uh, for listening, everybody, and uh check out our regular programming where we. uh we do a little bit of a different situation. We cover old, uh, underappreciated movies. So check that out if you if you dig it, and tune back in uh, for our next uh, for our next lot show.
0: Yes, yeah, sounds good, Jeff. It's fun. See you next time. Yeah, man. Yeah. Talk to you next time. All right.